Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. I'm Tony, and today is episode 155 of the podcast, where I sit down with a dear friend of mine who I met at a podcasting conference, Jan L. Burt. Now, Jan Burt is the podcast host for the Burt Not Ernie Show. That's right. Burt Not Ernie Show. And it's about stepping into your own identity. She's a Bert. She's not an Ernie. I love it. I love it. And today's conversation, we talk all about God's promises, the people of God, about old messages, about how to pray the promise, some really, really good pieces of wisdom here. And remember, we believe that through intentional conversation, we can help you move closer to God. So if it does, if it helps you connect with God in a new way, please let us know. Follow me on Instagram at TWMilt, or do me a favor and join the Living the Faith Facebook group through Spirit and Truth. We have a page and a group where we connect with other believers every single day. We love to hear from you. That's a great way to do it. So Facebook, Living the Faith Facebook group through Spirit and Truth page, or on my Instagram at TWMilt. Also, follow Jan. Let her know that you heard her here on the Reclamation Podcast. And if this was meaningful, share it with a friend. It's the highest compliment you can give us. Now, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jan L. Burt. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have a real-life friend with me who uh, I met at a podcast conference, a legendary podcaster, uh, speaker, and author, Jan L. Burt. Jan, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thank you for having me. So excited to be here. I got to tell you, meeting you at that podcast was one of the highlights because I got plugged into your podcast and it is good stuff. I mean, you Uh are so right up my alley. It definitely was. We sat at the right table and I thank God for it. Um, my wife was like, Hey, what was the best part? And I was like, man, I, I just connected with some like-minded people. And I thought it was really, that was really the best part for me too, was connecting with people like you and, uh, and summer and some of the other folks that we sat around our table. So it was, it was definitely a divine appointment for sure. I was hoping that we might start by you kind of giving us, um, a brief overview of how you would describe your calling. Cause you have, your podcast is way different than mine. Um, and it's really good as well. And it's part of a bigger calling that God is clearly placed on your life. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I talk about God's promises on my podcast, and you wouldn't get that from the name. The name is the Burt Not Ernie Show, a play on my on my last name. Um, but you know, one day reading my my just my quiet time, there was a verse that had the word "will" in it. It was a promise from God. I don't remember the exact verse, but I just sensed the Holy Spirit saying, "Say that out loud." And so I said it out loud, and it sounded kind of weak. And so I said it a little differently, and I put some emphasis on that word "will." And uh, then I went back and I double underlined the word will in my Bible. And that just started something in me of, of like really, really a new level of believing that when God says will, he means it. He's a perfect promise maker and a perfect promise keeper. And he always keeps all of his promises. I just wasn't really like 
I, I don't, you know, that word appropriate, I was yeah. not appropriating it to my life. And from there, I just um, started a podcast. I lead a group of hundred, about 190 women in a, like a weekly prayer group where we just pray God's promises. I've written a devotional about God's promises. So I guess that's kind of my thing. I'm like a God's promises girl, but I'll never not believe that when God says, will he means will after him kind of, it wasn't a reprimand, but it was like, he just gently said, say that out loud like you mean it because he means it. So that's kind of the foundation of my ministry, which is pretty, I guess you could call it niche to focus on mostly verses that use the word will. But um, if it encourages people to believe that when God says something to them, that it's for them and he means it, he's going to keep his word. I appreciate your heart for that so much. I think it's important uh, and we're going to jump into a little bit more promises for a second, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to tell everyone how you came to the name, the Burt Not Ernie Show. You, you, it, now I've listened to your podcast multiple times, and of course I subscribe, and you should go and subscribe too if you're listening to this podcast. Um, but in the beginning of the podcast, you always kind of give this little, um, it's just in the intro about how you named it. Can, can you share that with us? Yeah, people would think my name is a different one than it is. And so I followed my husband's lead. You get used to people think I'm Burke. What's your name, Jan Burt? And they think Burke, which is a great name, just not my name. So I learned to spell it because my husband would spell it RT. I thought, okay, that, and he's military. And so Burt is just like you go by your last names in, in the military world. So, um, but it sounded harsh when I would say, Jan Burt, B-U-R-T. And my husband said, Hey, just tell them like Burt and Ernie, it's way more gentle. And they, and they usually, you know, kind of chuckle. I started doing that. And one day the Lord just said, you are a Burt and you are not an Ernie, but how often are you living like someone I never meant for you to be? And the God just put on my heart that that was to be the name of the podcast to also try to get people to understand who God's are. That's who you are. That's who you are. Not who the world, not who your past, not who the devil says you are. You need to know who you are. So I try to incorporate some of that in the podcast, but that's, that's basically where the name of the show came from. I love it. It's, uh, well, so we were at this Christian podcasting convention and you can imagine, uh, for those of you listening, you can imagine the response when, um, when they were talking about Jan's podcast, because they give the full name. It's the Burt, not Ernie show. And it's just, it's just so easy to remember. I absolutely love it. And it leads me to a deeper question, which is so many of us struggle with identity and who we are compared to somebody else or, you know, and even in just in our little podcasting world, it's always like, man, why aren't more people downloading? And, you know, this person's got millions of downloads or, you know, thousands or whatever. And what is it in our, in our flesh that just like keeps us in that deep comparison game? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, um, I had a, a friend years ago who did this little thing that I thought was so perfect. And she described it as like her flesh, right? The old, her, the old, just I'll say the old Jan, I'll use my name has been buried with Christ. So she's like, I think of it isn't like it's in a coffin, but it keeps trying to get out. And I'm like stomping on that coffin saying, get back in there, stay in there. My flesh. And I'm sure yours is the same way. It screams for what it wants right now because it doesn't care what happens in eternity. It literally does not care about eternity. It's not concerned with eternal things. So my flesh is constantly telling me, Hey Jan, your identity is your downloads. Your identity is your followers. You know, I'm working on a book proposal and there's all this platform talk and 
Um, you just have to keep stepping back and saying, that cannot be the truest thing about me. That cannot be the truest thing about me. Jesus has to have the final word. Holy Spirit, what do you want to speak into this situation? Because it is a numbers game. I mean, we're podcasters. We are looking at our numbers for the right reasons, right? I want a bigger reach because I want more people to be in kind of a discipleship type of a, if you, you can't disciple people as well as God wants you to, if you do not believe what the word of God says, if you're Mm. not like believing it for yourself and then rolling it onto others. So yeah, the numbers are important, but you know, as far as fighting your identity, it's like, Oh, it's hard and it's constant, but I really just go back to reminding myself, my flesh is not going with me into eternity. And so it doesn't want eternal things. It wants the right now things. And I'm going to put that at the cross. I'm going to just say, I'm going to jump on my own coffin and say, get back in there. You are dead, Jan. You are alive in Christ, but the old Jan is dead. Flesh is dead. I'm not going to give it any leeway. Jesus helped me to not focus on the numbers. And it's, it's not a one-off. It doesn't, you don't just do it once and then you're all cured. Right. That's hundred percent right. It's a, it's a daily battle, right? It's, it's yeah. sanctification. Yep. It's the process of becoming more like Christ. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Um, I, I think there's probably somebody listening right now who's like, oh, I, I love what you're saying and I'm all in, but how do I know what's my flesh versus what's being new in Christ? Like, because, you know, if you're anything like me, um, I'm really good at talking myself into fleshly decisions and yeah. saying that it's in the name of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a hard question, Tony. That's a big one. Um that feels beyond my pay grade for sure. But I think you just have to keep running it back through the word of God. Um, you know, it's going to sound corny, but well, if I find myself just starting to think in a way that is, I know is not going to lead me down a good path. Like what am I even doing? Fiddling around with a book proposal. It, it doesn't, what are you crazy, Jan? What do you, this is way beyond you. You have heart failure. You don't even know if you get the book finished. You might be with the Lord. I have to stop and say, no, I'm supposed to think on, these things. Is this true? Is this a good report? Is this, you know, am I, is my mindset above with things eternal or am I really getting too hung up on things that, um, that's just ridiculous to think that, but I have to literally stop myself and say, no, I have to make myself align with what the word of God says and Holy spirit, um, help me. And one, and another thing I do that might sound corny as well, but maybe you're a pastor. So probably not going to sound corny to you, but I will just tell myself the word of God says that I know the voice of my shepherd and the voice of another, I do not follow. And these thoughts I'm thinking, mm -mm, that's not my shepherd's voice. That's not Jesus's voice to me. So I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I don't, it's a, I don't know if that is helpful or not. It's super helpful. It's super helpful. And uh, and you sometimes I have to repeat verses of scripture as many times as it takes to believe that they're true. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that feels like the same thing, right? Because I too, um, man, there there are moments where the enemy will try to get to my flesh the moment I get done preaching a message. So I'll preach oh, a message, yeah. walk off the platform, and next thing you know, I'm like, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Nobody liked it. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat a worm. You know, something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes. just. Just craziness. Now, you mentioned something in there that I was going to get to later, but it's uh, it's a great transition, which was your heart failure. Yeah. Um, can, can you kind of, you and I talked about this at the conference a little bit, but I, I was hoping you could kind of fill everybody in on, on what happened or what's happening with you medically. Um, and then I, I have a follow-up question after that. Okay. Yeah, sure. So 2016, I was kind of in the midst of, we have five 
kids, my husband and I, and I homeschooled from kindergarten all the way to sending them off to college. And so Praise I started not Lord. feeling well. It's crazy. It's only getting <laughs> you. If God calls you to do it, do it, but it is not for everybody. It definitely was. It was <laughs> sanctification. Like you would not believe for me, but I started feeling just like not right. And people around me were kind of saying, it's probably just like your extreme empty nest syndrome kind of, you know, mm. you're grieving the loss of your kids or they were home all the time. And now they're all going to colleges far away, you know, thousand miles away. Um, I thought, well, okay, I guess so. Well, after a busy graduation weekend, one daughter graduated from high school, a son graduated Wheaton College in Chicago. And the next day I got rear-ended by a girl. Her first car had no brakes. I mean, hit me hard and man, it just messed up my back. So I went to my doctor for, you know, my back and she said, uh, yeah, I don't care about your back. Something's really, really wrong here. We have a problem. Okay. Sends me off to get an EKG, like in the next 10 minutes. And I knew something was wrong, Tony, when the woman who did the EKG uh, was very sweet and chatty in the beginning. And as soon as she went over and ripped that paper off the EKG printer machine, she would not look at me and I couldn't make eye contact. And mm. I tried. And on the way out, I was like, Hey, have a good day. Thank you so much. I'm doing the head Bob, trying to connect with her. Nothing. So they put me in a Holter monitor for 24 hours. They sent that off to cardiologists. We went on vacation. My doctor called me twice and said, be careful, be careful, be very careful, but didn't give me any details. I'm like, what am I being careful of? I got back home, went to the cardiologist. Apparently in that time, like a week and a half, six cardiologists had reviewed my, my results. His, this was a seventh cardiologist. He assumed I already knew the the diagnosis. So he looked over at me, said, you look really good for a woman dying of heart failure. That is how I found out I was in heart failure. I couldn't oh, wow. believe it. And so from there, I, it's just been a journey of, I have multiple problems that are electrical. They can't treat one, like they can't do any of the surgeries on me without one of the other problems killing me. Um, I go to the Cleveland clinic up in your neck of the woods and they yeah. are the best at all things heart. And um, they see the chief of the department for one of my news. And they have told me they've never seen this exact. They're like, they'd say, just manage your quality of life. I've been told I shouldn't be able to get out of bed. I, I have not had one day where I've had to stay in bed. So wow. when I talk about God's promises and I get really impassioned, I think sometimes I sound bossy or like super preachy, but it's more like I live on these. They, I live believing God's promises every day. I live in a, like a supernatural state where God just blesses me because I choose to believe his word and I won't stop believing it. So when I get like preachy sounding, it's really just me speaking from my life experience. God can do what he wants to do. And a diagnosis of heart failure where you should be in bed and I should be dead by now. I was told, um, you don't want to have a doctor hitting you in the chest and saying, this is going to kill you. You're going to be dead within, you know, a matter of weeks. I'm still here. So God's word is, is true and you can stand on it. So I guess that's, that's a long answer, but that is really, I guess, kind of the foundation of my God's promises ministry, because they, I'm living proof. I can only imagine, uh, well, first of all, how horrible that doctor's bedside manner is. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Yeah. It's not good. There's no grace in any of that, but, no. um, the, the emotional roller coaster of, of learning about that diagnosis yeah. to then deciding that you're going to build a platform to talk about God's promises. Um, those are pretty stark contrasts. Um, what, what was the messy beginning of that? What did that look like in terms of like 
you, you know, I, I'm not sure. Well, I'm just not sure what I would have done. And I'm, I'm anxious to hear how you got from, Hey, you, you can't get out of bed and you might die any day to, Hey, here's a podcast about God's promises. Yeah. Um, well, I got to be honest with you. It immediately put me on medication. Like, I mean, go here and take the medicine today. Like in the next 15 minutes, you've got to start it. So it was kind of shell shock. And the medication is very like suppressive. I'm not on it right now. Thank you, Jesus. And my personality Mm. is much different than when I'm on it. It really does because it controls every heartbeat. It suppresses all anything that might get your heart rate up is suppressed. And so my personality was kind of like it was suppressed. And so I had to let other people speak into my life and my family, um, you know, my daughter and my husband in the same week. And my daughter was at Taylor university in Indiana. My husband here in Kansas, both said to me, you should start a podcast. You should, mm. I'd done some conference speaking and said, you, you could do it. You should start a podcast. And I was like, I don't know what, I guess I prayed about it. And I sense the Lord say, go ahead and start a podcast about God's promises. And I did. Um, so that's not the, but what's tough about that is that I didn't, I couldn't feel things the way I normally felt them, you know, pre-medication. And it was weird because I knew I'm not feeling this the way I should be. I'm not fully experiencing this. So I just had to say, Lord, as much as I can, to the best of my ability, I'm going to walk with this through you and try to process things and not just put aside because it doesn't feel all that overwhelming right now. And also listen to people in your life. Like you've got to have people in your life for that point in time, my daughter and my husband were kind of my, like my Paul, you know, Mm -hmm. and the people who are going to listen to me would be kind of like my Timothy. I had to be willing to listen to other people when I couldn't, because of the medication fully come to those conclusions on my own. So I would encourage your listeners to let other people safe people, the right people, right? I mean, these need to be believers. These need to be people who really know the Lord and who love you and love Jesus, but love Jesus more than they love you. Let them speak into your life and be willing to listen in those spots where you can't hear. I think we all have places, we all have blind spots and we all have times when we can't really hear. Let safe people who love Jesus most speak to you when you Mm -hmm. can't hear. Did, did this diagnosis, um, add a sense of urgency to your time with the Lord? I mean, did it, I, I mean, so, so good news in any relationship, bad news in any relationship changes the dynamic of the relationship. How did this diagnosis prognosis change your relationship with the father? Yeah. Um, I think one amazing way that might sound a little weird, but will make sense once I say it, I think is any worship songs that talk about your heart. Now think you're not really talking about your physical heart in those sure. worship songs or any places like in the Psalms that talk about your heart, man, that stuff just would jump off the pay me and in worship would be singing some song about your heart. And you think, oh my goodness, this has a whole nother level of meaning. And I would worship the Lord in a new way, because to me, it wasn't just my spiritual heart, my, my soul. It was my heart, my Mm. physical heart, um, or songs about I've had medication that makes it really hard to kind of like breathe. Mm. Um, so when you sing worship songs to talk about, you are the air that I breathe. He really is. So I think it improved greatly improved, just enormously changed my worship my corporate worship and then my private worship, just my playlist, honestly, totally changed. And my focus on, not really my focus on, but the way 
certain verses that talk about your heart would just kind of jump out at me. And I would just have to make a decision right there. Am I going to, am I going to choose to override the feeling of corniness? Like, you know, Jan, this isn't really talking about your physical heart. Or am I going to say, you know what, Lord, I just, right now I'm sitting with you and I'm saying, I want this to be about my physical heart. It's hard Mm. today. And I want to have the energy to get up and do the thing I believe you want me to do. I don't think you want me in bed. So please make this real about my real heart. You are the strength of my heart. And he literally is. So um, I think my relationship with him got a lot deeper, a lot faster than I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah, It's an instant uh, pucker factor there a little bit. Like it just kind of tightens it. It just tightens everything up, you know, like it's just real, just makes it real. Um, And and I think that that's what makes um, the work that you do so compelling is there's a, there is a sense of urgency to it that I think oftentimes gets left out of like, oh, just come along when you want to. But when I hear you talk about God's promises on your podcast, it's like, hey, listen, you need this and you need this right now. And so, um, you know, I I know a lot of my listeners are engaged in scripture on a regular basis. Uh, When they're reading scripture, how do we know what's a promise and what's everything else? Like what's kind of some of the the lenses that we put on to look for God's promises? Yeah. Oh boy. That's a huge question. That's a huge one Uh, because you do kind of start out that journey and you feel like, Ooh, I don't know. Is this for me? Is this an actual promise? Is this like Romans 8, 28? That's a promise. Okay. I know that's a promise. How do I know what else is a promise? And some people kind of do the, well, that was only for the Israelites, but you know, the, the word of God is living and active. And I found that if he's encouraging you through it, if the Holy spirit is encouraging you through it, you need to grab that and believe it. The Holy Spirit is so good at doing what he does. He is God within us. So he can make the word of God come alive in amazing ways. So I would say if a verse jumps off the page at you, you should, um, you may not even be a Bible journaler. That's fine. But you can have a book that you keep next to your Bible where you just write down that verse and the date, and then maybe just sit with the Lord for a minute or two and say, Holy Spirit, tell me. God, what do you want this to say to me? What, why did this jump out at me? Don't feel like you have to rush through it, spend time. And I think you will find that there are promises that God has for you that you didn't really maybe look at as promises. But if you want to for sure know something is a promise from God, when God says, I will do X, Y, Z, man, I mean, and you could start with just words in red. You know, if you don't have a red letter Bible, you can maybe find one on the internet and read through where Jesus said, will, 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 and maybe even just start with Jesus's teachings on prayer. You know, if you will pray like this, if you will have faith, I will do uh, just start with that. And you'll be amazed how um, the word of God proves the word of God, you know, so you can dig into it and really begin to grow exponentially. When you really just start to say, I'm going to start with this verse, because I don't really know how to find God's promises. And I'm going to believe this one. And I'm going to expect the Lord to show me more as there are conflicting numbers, Tony, like from 3000 to 7,000 promises in the yeah. Bible. They're pretty inexhaustible. And once you really start looking for them, you're going to find them all over, but maybe ask God to give you a will promise, something where he says, I will, that is, that is for you. Um, like Proverbs, you know, three verses five and six, just, it, you can start with a common well-known one and build from there because the Holy Spirit's a perfect teacher. He'll guide you. Is there a gospel that you point people to, to kind of start like, Hey, start in, um, John or start in Mark or Matthew or Luke. 
I go back to the old school and this is old school, but it works so well. Um, and thank God we have like smartphones with every version of the Bible. But if you really want to get your world rocked, get the games and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when you get to John, when you read those four books in that order and you get to John in the King James, you're going to have your mind blown. You're going to see things in a way. There's just something amazing about reading those four books in that order in the King James. And when you get to John, it's just going to all come alive and you're going to see promises flying off the page. So that's Do you normally read in people. the King James. I don't, I don't, I, okay, have, I was going to say, I, I don't, I don't normally, I, I will sometimes um, parallel the King James version oh, with yeah. an NIV and uh, yeah. p- parallel just means, you know, kind of lay them side by side. So if I'm preaching a message, I'll pull up a King James and then I, I usually preach and teach out of the NIV and yeah. then I'll pull up a message just to see if, yeah, I, I'm always looking for, you know, what the Holy Spirit's saying in each different version. Oh, do for you, sure. Yeah. Do you do that a lot with God's promises too? I do. I will vet them through and vet's the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like I'm doing that research yeah. on as many translations as I need to. And I'm always listening for spirit to uh, sometimes he'll just say, just go look in the Christian standard Bible. And it'll be like, that is exactly the verbiage that will really resonate with my listeners or um, the amplified. I really love it because mm. it adds in so many extra words. We don't always get the, not everybody is going to go get their strongs and open it sure. up and see what did this word mean in the Greek or in the Hebrew. And we don't always understand that that language is rich and a little bit, both of those, but the Hebrew is so different than English that's can be so different from one Bible version to another. It's not always that they're so different. It's that it's just not, it's hard to get the full depth of it. So I kind of like to start with my amplified and then from there go to, I like the NLT. I like the NIV. Um, the ESV is hard for me to memorize. I got to be honest. It's, sure. it's a great translation, but I can't memorize it. And then a parallel Bible, you know, you can have yeah. two side by side, which yeah, that works for a well if, too. If you study God's word long enough, you're, you want all the Bibles. <laughs> you do. You really do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I use the version trans, I use the version Bible app, especially when I'm discipling other guys and we read the yeah. things together because then you can, it, there's a built-in kind of message function back and forth, which makes it helpful for discussion, but I, oh, I really nice. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned earlier about praying a promise um, and, and prayer is a big part of your ministry too. And I, I, I'm curious, what does, you know, kind of what, what are the essential kind of bones to praying a promise? How do you, if, if no one's ever done that before, how do you set that up? Oh yeah. Um, gosh, let me, I'm actually just going to grab something I wrote a while ago. Cause that's all this is. It's a prayer journal for parents and it just has a verse and then a, like a prayer prompt. So I just I randomly opened it to a page. Isaiah 54, 13 says, I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. So first this is how I would re-say this. I will, I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. Yeah. And then my prayer prompt was just today. I pray that this verse would be true in each of my children's lives. May your peace, Lord, encompass them as they sit at your feet and learn of you daily. I just take the verse, kind of pick it apart and pray each part of it over myself, over my you know, your spouse, your work situation, um, your children, your friends, your ministry your pastor and please be praying for your pastor. I don't know if that's a good answer or bad, but that's how I do it. I just pray it piece, pull it apart. What does it say? And I'm asking God for those exact things. 
And then we'll always end it by saying, um, it's going to sound kind of snooty, but it's not snooty because this is New Testament. Jesus said when he, in the parables on prayer, you know, he said, you can be importunate in prayer. You can like pound on that door and ask. And sometimes I remind myself that I'm, I can be like a child. Okay. You're a dad. You get this. You said, dad, you said, you said, you said, what am we going to do that? You said, and I will remind myself that I can come to God with that kind of belief. If, if you promised one of your kids something and they say, dad, you said you're going to do, you know, you said you would do it. I can have that same kind of belief in mm. whatever I just prayed from God's word. Cause he said it. And so I'll say, you said, thank you, Jesus, that you said, thank you, father, that you said, amen. You said it, let it be done. I love that. Um, uh, how has teaching people about prayer and about, uh, God's promises changed your relationship with God? Yeah, that's a big one because that was a hard calling for me to step into because what if their prayers, I mean, this is the deepest places of their heart. What if they're mm-hmm. not answered and I'm the leader and I have led them, you know, telling them, trust God, pray big, bold, daring prayers, go out on a limb with Jesus in your mm. prayer life, go back to what Jesus taught about prayer and pray like that. And then what if, mm. what if? What if they don't get the answer they want? That was hard. That was really hard. I fought with God a lot on that one because it felt <laughs> like it just, it's so big. But then I just had to come back to what do we believe. I believe that God's word is true. I believe that yeah. God keeps all of his promises. And I believe that prayer is something he has given to us. And so we need to engage in it. It's our communication with our father who loves us so much. He there's a variety of things that we need to do with prayer. Prayer is not just one thing. Prayer is like that really good seven day or seven layer dip, you know, like, I mean, there are layers to prayer that you just keep finding the more you pray. Um, And so for me personally, I had to every time, still every time, just yesterday when I jumped onto women, I had, you just have to check yourself, right. And say, you really believe this, Jan? Because you know you're going in here to teach them something that's big. It's bigger than you. Give it to Jesus, and I go in and say what He wants me to say from His Word, not my words. I want it to be based on His Word. Um, I pray, and I pray in belief. And God has been so good to mm-hmm. grow my belief in prayer as I pray to teach other women well. I'm sure you found that as a pastor that you just leading people changes your walk so much. Uh, just, it's a constant reminder of all the things I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it, And uh, you've got a brand new course coming out here on Psalm 91. Yeah. And and if you've never read Psalm 91, it is, it's a great Psalm. It's all about resting in the Lord and dwelling in the shelter of the most high. And there's some really great refuge. And so tell us a little bit about who you're writing the course for and uh, what you hope to get out of it. And, and when does it come out? Yeah, for sure. Well, who I'm writing it for, it's funny. I have, I went Psalm 91 for 17 weeks, the last 17 weeks of 2021 with women in my prayer group, a verse by verse, you know, one week at a time. And there's some big stuff in there, Tony, like yeah. God, he makes them. If you've never read Psalm 91, you got to read it. It is, it is crazy. One of the best things you can do for your walk with the Lord I found is spend 30 days reading that Psalm every day mm. about day 10. You're going to be like, what am I doing? This is like, I'm saying it by rote, you get to day 30, your life will be changed because you really have taken in God's word and like ingested it and it's become a, um, so I led them first and several of them were like, you've got to put this into yeah. some kind of course content. You have got to, 
Um, so the course will be, I'd hoped to have it out by the end of April. I'm now going to shoot for May 15th and I've actually found a new platform that I think I'm going to publish it on. In fact, I'm certain I'm going to publish it on. That's going to make it, um, it'll be private content. So like mm. you've got to sign up and pay for the course, but you can listen to it. It should be all listening, right? So you can listen to it on whatever podcast player you automatically, you know, whatever you listen to, you're just going to hit a button and it'll play right in your podcast player. And then you oh. can access the PDFs elsewhere, but you don't have to have like, you don't have to feel like you have to sit and listen. It's podcasts are king right now because people can listen to them while they're doing 8 million other things. So sure. it, I'm going to shoot for May 15th is my goal to have that done. It's a lot. Yeah. And I want to do it right and do it well, because it's a very serious part of God's word. But if you want to be encouraged about God's promises and really step into praying some big, bold, daring prayers, this is going to be it. Cause I'm not, I'm not holding back at all. Uh, so, so Psalm 91 verse five is yeah. one of the ones that I held on to, um, when I was stepping out of pastoral ministry and, yeah. um, and just how it was just, it was a really hard season and it, it, it's so you should go read Psalm 91 verse five, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to let you go look it up because it's, um, it really just inspires me and I, I just love it so much. Um, so this is all so rich and I, I do have one more question for you, but before I ask it, uh, where can the people, all of this incredible community, um, at, here at the podcast, find you and get connected and be a part of your prayer groups or this course, or where can they find all things Jan Albert? Yeah, everything is pretty much on the, I call it my, the runway. Like you can come land, let me refuel you. Let me get, disembark some junk off your plane that you don't need for your next leg. Let's put some things on your plane for your next leg of the journey and then take off and off you go. That's what I consider my site to be my, the runway. So it's constantly changing to be the best possible runway, but it's just my name, J-A-N, middle initial L, B-U-R-T.com. And right on that first page you land on, if you scroll down just a smidge, there's a place to drop your email. And that is how you're going to get this course as soon as it comes out. And if you scroll down a little bit more, that's the link to join my prayer group. And my prayer group is free. So that is, um, I just do that just to love on people. So I would, I would love to have people join. So that is where you can find me just my name. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Last question. I always love to ask people and uh, it's an advice question where you give yourself one piece of advice, except I get the name, the date and the time. And you already know what I'm going to say. Cause we talked about yeah. this. I know it's not really fair. <laughs> we talked about this in Nashville. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to, to pull up a chair uh, right in front of that younger version of you, um, almost seven years ago now, the day after you found out about your heart failure diagnosis, yeah. after that um, that crazy doctor pounded on your chest and told you that this was going to be it. Yep. So if you look at that younger version of Jan in the eyes and you hold her hands as you sit knee to knee, uh, what's the one thing that you're going to tell her? Yeah, this is, I got to be honest, I've told you in Nashville, I have not cried about my, it's just not who I am. I'm not a big crier. I've not cried about this, but maybe a handful of times in seven years, mostly when I see my kids emotional about it. And you told me that question, that that's what you ask on your podcast. And I immediately went to tears and I thought, mm. wow, this is so rich. What a fantastic question. I cannot believe the insight that you get from people through that question. So um, yeah, I kind of did know in advance and I felt bad. Like it's not really fair that I've heard it's it okay. before, but okay. I definitely would tell myself this is going to be a long road, but you're going to walk it 
with Jesus. Don't get too wrapped up in the, in the dailies. You know, so often we hear live, just live in the day and live in the moment. Yeah. You want to do that. But when you're dealing with something where you feel like you're waiting for the hammer to fall, I would say, Jan, don't live day to day waiting for the hammer to fall. You got to hold the hand of Jesus and you've got to be in this, you're, you're a lifer, you're a long hauler in this with him. And, um, and feel your emotions when you feel them. I felt very strange about the medication that suppressed my emotions. And I knew yeah. at times I should have been feeling something I wasn't feeling. Um, and, and one of the first medications they put me on, I had eight heart attacks in about five days trying to reset my heart rhythm. I think I would give myself permission to um, kind of freak out with the Lord a bit over those things. Yeah. Just what, just I don't know if that, that's the advice that I would have needed to know. It's okay to have a little freak out and it's okay. If you are doing the dishes and that's when this hits you and you start to cry, that's all right. You just do that. Just do that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to surprise you. And I'm going to ask one more advice question for yourself. And I want to take you back to the day before you okay. found out about your heart failure. Yeah. Wow. What would you tell yourself then? Wow. Okay. So do I, like, I don't know about the heart failure at you all. Don't what know. Do I tell myself? You don't know. Yeah. You're getting ready no. to go into a doctor's appointment with a cardiologist. Yeah. You've gotten two phone calls from doctors while you're on vacation. Yeah. And you know, you, you probably know in your gut that something's about to hit the fan. What are you yeah. telling yourself the moment, the day before you get this life-changing piece of news? Yeah. Um, I think I would go back and tell myself, get a promise. So this is all before I was podcasting, right? Yeah, so yeah. I would say, get a promise, get in the word and get a promise. Um, I probably would have turned honestly to Psalm 103, Psalm 91 or Psalm 37. Cause those are kind of my, or maybe even just Psalm one. Cause those are really great hunks of, you know, scripture for great promises. That's what I would have told myself, get a promise and let that be running through your mind through this entire appointment. Like just keep yeah. that front and center. Yeah. That's really good. Jan, thank you so much for being a friend and for what you're doing for the kingdom of God. And uh, I'm so excited to see this course when it comes out. And uh, I just can't wait to hear about all that God does in and through it. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I love your podcast. And I'm telling you, the greatest blessing with the people that I met in Nashville, like you said earlier, the content was great. The conference was great, but connecting with people who are doing like-minded kingdom work, just, um, man, that's like a, that's like the gravy, right? I mean, on yeah. top of the potatoes, that's the extra that makes life so good. Friends, what a great conversation with Jan. I love her heart for the Lord. I love the way that she's living one day at a time intentionally and with God's promises on her heart. Do me a favor and say some prayers for her as she continues to journey in her um, medical path as she moves forward. And, uh, and subscribe to her podcast. Let her know that you heard her here on the Reclamation Podcast. It's a great way to live into God's promises. Thank you guys so much. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.